this evening as we sit at your feet and learn in the name of Jesus. Please, Father, cause our eyes of understanding to be opened and let us receive the message for the hour. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke distractions and I cause that our heart is concentrated on Christ this evening. Men and women that you have designated to be blessed tonight, you will cause them to gather at your feet to learn in the name of Jesus. At the end of today's service, all the glory will be returned to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. Good evening, church. So I welcome you to our Thursday fellowship. Today is September 7, 2023. Before us this evening, is a topic that centers on prayers and the title is the clarity of christian prayer so if you have your writing material please take note follow me as we go the clarity the clarity of christian prayer for some thursdays now we've been talking about prayers And we have been looking at important persons in the Bible to discuss prayers as Christians. We have looked at Anna. We have looked at Daniel. And we have also looked at other persons as we discussed prayer. This evening, we are looking at the clarity of Christian prayer. We are taking our text from 1 Samuel chapter 23, from verses 1 to 13. And we will be studying one aspect of the life of David, the king. Brethren, there are so many lessons to learn from the life of David in the Bible. He started with God as a young boy, and we know his story. He grew up under the guidance and leadership of God. We also know that story. I said he grew up under the guidance and leadership of God because David himself acknowledged the hand and the leadership of God in his life and that was what he penned down in the uh, book of psalm chapter 23 verse 1 when he said the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he said the lord is my shepherd he acknowledged it 
and there are lessons to draw from that but what we are looking at this evening is actually the aspect of the life of David that has to do with clarity that we can apply in our prayer lives as Christians for David all through his life his family and career as a military leader and king he was known to be a man of prayer in the church we often sing that Jesus started with prayer and ended with prayer of a truth you can also say that of David David was one man who through his youthful life was known with pray- as a man of prayer all through the times that he married and raised family and was warring and became a king until he took his last breath if you study the scripture very well you will realize that David is renowned as a man of prayer and a man after God's heart. King David was a thoroughbred man of prayer. And even when he failed, when he failed, we all knew David failed at a time in his life. He sought the face of God and he was restored. And that was what gave us Psalm 51. Because you see some people in life, they would start very well. They would start out very well. They would be very fervent in prayer. But as successes come, as piles of successes come, prayer will take a back position in their life. Or you look at some people, they started out very well. When adversity comes, when vicissitude of life comes, and they yielded to temptation, you find them say, what happened to you? Why are you no longer a Christian? Say, I couldn't cope with temptation. I fell into it. Then get out of it now. When I fall seven times, rejoice not over me, my enemy. I will rise. Say, no, this is overwhelming. There is no way out. It was not like that for David. He was so much of a man of prayer that even when he failed, it was God he returned to. And he penned Psalm 51, even in his failure. That was to show how much of a prayerful person David was. Let me quickly ask you this question. Do you give up when you fail? You ought not to give up. When you are fine, you should pray. When everything is going on smoothly with you, you should pray. When you are struggling, you should pray. When everything seems not to be okay with you, you should do what? You should pray. God has David for you. And so much so that the Bible testified that David was a man after God's act because he would always seek to do the will of God. You can find that in Acts chapter 13, verse 22. That it was said of David that 
God testified about him that he was a man after his heart because he will always do the will of God. Show me a man who can pray. Show me a woman who can pray. Such a man or such a woman who is always willing and always ready to do the will of God, even when it is not convenient for him or her. Most people we have around today, they always, they only want to do the things that are convenient for them. Once it is not convenient, you can't find them there. But that of David is not so. So this evening, we are going to learn clarity of Christian prayer from David. As a Christian, you need to learn to make prayer number one in your life. We have overemphasized that. If after this series, then you are not a prayer warrior. If after this teaching, you are not a prayer person, you need deliverance. Are we together this evening? Yes. We need to make prayer number one priority in our life and earnestly seek God in all our ways so that we are clear in whatever he wants us to do. 4 Samuel chapter 23. There are two parts. I will read verses 1 to 4. Then I will read verses 5 to 13. Then you see how I have divided the teaching into two, particularly studying the life of David and his prayer life. First Samuel chapter 23, verse 1, the Bible says, Then they told David, saying, Look, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and they are robbing their threshing floors. Verse 2. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Are you following me? Therefore, because they told David, he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Look, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord once again, and the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. Hallelujah. And David and his men went to Kela and fought with the Philistines, struck them with a mighty blow, and took away their livestock. So David saved the inhabitants of Kela. David asked God for guidance about his venture. Remember that I said in his military career as a leader, he was known as a man of prayer. This is a time in his life that when he had not become king in the real sense of it, Samuel had anointed him in his father's house, but he had not been publicly declared and anointed as a king. And at this time of his life, Saul was chasing him. Saul was after his life. Saul was looking for him to kill him. Saul was looking for him 
to destroy him. But that did not prevent him from praying. If you think that people are after your life, in fact, that is when you should pray. If you think that people are pursuing you, that is when you should pray. And when he heard that Kayla, a small town, was being attacked and raided by the Philistines, and they are destroying their threshing floor, the place that they used to process their farm produce, they were destroying it so that the Kayla people can suffer hunger. David went to the Lord and asked, Lord, what should I do? This is clarity. He was very precise about what he wants to do when it comes to the presence of God. Please, people of God, our God is a God of clarity. When you come to his presence, be sure why you have come to his presence. If it is one petition you are bringing to him, bring one petition to him. Don't pray like the Gentiles, Gentiles that blabble when they come to God's presence. You see, the Gentiles, they just make vain repetition. If you check their prayer, the content of their prayer, at the end of the day, there is nothing that they are putting before the Lord. But when it comes to David, he was a man of inquiry. And he doesn't consult flesh and blood like Paul would say. He would always go to the Lord when he has issues in his life, when he has concerns in his heart, as he regards his venture. And when we are talking about venture today, we are talking about enterprise, we are talking about our business, we are talking about our family, we are talking about our life. These issues you can bring to the presence of the Lord. Whether it is your personal life, you can take it to the Lord in prayer. Whether it is your spiritual life, you can take it to the Lord in prayer. Whether it is issues that concern you and your family, you can take it to the Lord in prayer. Whether it is issues that concern you and your business, you can take it to the Lord in prayer. But when you take it to the Lord in prayer, be like David. Be very specific. Be very direct to ask the Lord. He asked the Lord very clearly, Yahweh, should I go and stop the Philistines from attacking Kayla and destroying the attrition floor? The Lord said, proceed. So he gathered his people. David had a standing fighting army. He said, guys, Philistines are in Kayla. We are going to go and fight. And you know, as it is with war, some of them will raise their hand. General, Philistines are strong. We are in Judah here. We had no peace. Is it when we go and face them in Kayla? They will destroy and crush us. They discussed it forward and backward. And because David was a democratic leader, somebody that you can call democratic leader is somebody that listens to the advice of people that follow him. He packed all their petitions and went back to the Lord to ask the second time. The Bible says, God has spoken once. Yea, twice have I heard that power belongs to God. So David came back to the presence and said, should I go? Then the Lord spoke in clear terms. Arise. Go and fight the Philistines. 
before you, I will destroy them. This second time, it was very clear. And David gathered the soldiers. We are going to Keila. Oh yeah, they went. They destroyed the Philistines and they gained victory. What do I want to tell you this evening? Brethren, life is spiritual. Are you following me? Life is spiritual. We don't live life by chance. We don't live life by trial and error. You don't live life by happenstance. Because there are forces that want you to fail. You heard me clearly. Some people, some powers, they don't want you to succeed in whatever you are doing right now. They want you to fail and they want to mock you in your failure. These forces don't even want you to see the next day. They don't want you to see your next meal. They don't want you to experience breakthrough. So for such, for such, you need clarity in the place of prayer to know what God really wants you to do and how to tackle them. David, as at this time, as a general, leading a pack of people was no match for the Philistines. But because he had learned to trust in the Lord, because he had learned to pray, he had learned to put matters into his hand, any time he is confronted with life, the first thing he does is to pray. Are you following me this evening? Are you following me this evening? Even when the situation is not pleasant, learn to take the matter to the Lord. That's how I've lived my life. When I'm confronted with a situation that is not pleasant, I say, but Lord, this is where I have found myself. What do you want to do? What do you want me to do? When you live your life like that, you will always prevail over your enemies. Don't live life by chance. Don't live life by trial and error. Don't do permutation with life. When you do that, you are going to fail. I have known some people, some young men or some young women, when they want to marry, for example, maybe the young lady has many sweeters. You know what she does? She will write the different names. One, brother one, brother two, brother three, brother four. She will write it in a piece of paper and take it to the pastor. They will roll it, roll it, roll it, roll it, and drop it at the altar. That is not how to live life. That is not how to inquire from the Lord. That is trial and error. In those days when we were growing up, there is one game that some people normally do on the street. Try your chance. Or try your luck. How many of you know it? Ah, try your luck. People that grew up in a posh area, like mommy, she won't know those type of games. Try your luck. Ah, they collected our money as some people. Because you never, you will never win. Yes. That is what devil does with a lot of people. You don't live life by try your luck. You learn in the place of prayer to be specific. Whatever you want 
from the Lord, go and ask him. But you know what? Don't put what you want before the Lord. Don't put what you want in your heart before the Lord. Ask him about it. Because that is the area where we make mistakes as Christians. Don't say, Lord, I want a Toyota Camry. No. That is not the prayer of a Christian. As a child of God, you know what your prayer should be? Father, what type of car do you want me to ride? You see the difference? You see the difference? One goes to the Lord and says, Lord, give me Camry. Give me Camry. Give me Camry. I'm just giving an example with car. And that says, Lord, you know I need a car. What time do you want me to ride? He will tell you the type he wants you to ride. Some people will say, ah, but pastor, you are not correct. I leave them with their conviction. But if you are a student of the Bible, before you ask, your Heavenly Father knows what you need. Because He is the one that will put the inspiration in your heart. Is Pastor saying you should abdicate your responsibility and shift it to God? That's not what I'm saying. He is the one that will guide you. We have seen the example of David. David was a general. He had already killed Goliath of God. He would, have, he, he would have relied on his experience that yesterday I killed Goliath, who actually was the main man in Philistine. Today I will deal with the Philistines. His life is not like that. Life is not like that. The battle you won, you won yesterday is different from the battle that you are fighting today. So you cannot use the victory of yesterday to fight today's battle. Yesterday is gone forever. You must ask from the Lord to help you with your today's battle. And that is why where people make mistakes. How can you want to marry as a woman then you pack four names to go and give God? Is God a comedian? God is not joking with his children. Because before they pray, he knows what they I don't ask God for specifics. I only ask him what he needs me to do, what he wants for me at a particular time and material time in my life. Let me make you laugh. On Saturday, as I was trying to prepare myself for church, I asked, I said, Lord, what do you want me to wear to church on Sunday? It's as simple as that. You see, that is the life of a man that is totally dependent on God. That's what we are saying. You want to ask a question? Okay, I will create room for question and answer. Praise the Lord. You must be able to live your life depending absolutely, depending totally, depending completely on God. That is when you will be like your father who is in heaven. If David had not seek 
the face of God. If David had not inquired from the Lord, he would have gone to Keilah. He would have confronted the Philistines and they would have defeated and killed him. He would not have been able to fulfill his destiny. Clarity. Because it is the Spirit of God that knows the things of the Spirit. That's why I say life is spiritual. Praise the Lord. What about if you have put food in your front? What about if you want to eat the food? I say, Father, thank you for this food. Bless it. I am your child. I want to eat. If Holy Spirit say, don't eat. Don't eat. Even if you are the one that bought the food from the market that you prepare by yourself, don't eat. There must be something that is defending and saving you from. Let's not be careless with life. Life is spiritual. That's why you see people, they become victims of circumstances. They die before their time. I pray for you. You're not going to die before your time. Amen. My prayer for you, you will not live in ignorance. Amen. You will not live in the dark. Amen. But the light of life will be guiding you per minute, per second. In Amen. Jesus' name. Even when the Holy Spirit administers to you and you seek counsel, David brought the matter to his generals, his, cap- his captains and soldiers, and the exercise reservation, you should still learn to take it back to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you have discussed with your husband. Maybe he has expressed reservation. Take it back to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you have discussed with your wife. Maybe she has expressed reservation. What do you do? Take it back to the Lord in prayer. Maybe you have discussed with your business partner. Maybe the pastor has discussed with the church. You should learn to take it back to the Lord in prayer. To ask in clarity, Father, should I? Or what would you have me do? How do I know that Paul will be a great apostle? It is from the beginning of his conversion. Immediately, Paul met Jesus on the way to Damascus. What was the first question that Paul asked? Can anybody remember? Lord, what would you have me do? Acts of the Apostles chapter 9, quickly. You see, that's what I mean when I say, live your life with clarity in the place of prayer. You cannot live by happenstance. You can't live life by trial and error. You can't live life by arrogating or appropriating things to yourself. You must always inquire from the Lord. Acts of the Apostles chapter 9 verse 6 So he trembling and astonished said, Lord what do you want me to do? Look, the almighty God is awesome. He's so awesome that in the place of prayer we don't recognize our place with him. We don't know who God is. Some people think that God is their mate. They can just command him in prayer. Because when they command him in prayer, he will just do their bidding. That is not 
the Almighty God, the Creator of the heaven and the earth, and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not somebody that you command because He's sovereign. If you understand the sovereignty of God, you will understand what I'm teaching tonight. He is sovereign that when he drove Adam and Eve out of the garden, he put angels with flaming sword at the entrance of the garden. They can't come back. He does what he likes. Nobody can question him. Who is man? That man will go to the Lord in the place of prayer and start making demands and start commanding him. There is a place for spiritual warfare. I will come to that. When we have to deal with issues of the things in the realm of the spirit, that is where he asks us to, to, to decree and command and rebuke and cast out. But when you are communing with your father, you must get to a place of total submission. Lord, what do you want me to do? If you wake up in the morning and you have on your agenda to travel for the day, remember to be very clear about your trip and pray to him, Lord, should I embark on this journey? Remember to ask him because life is delicate. If you live your life like that, you will live your life free of fear. And that takes me to the second point before we pray. David inquired from the Lord twice before he confronted the Philistines in Keilah. That's not the end. Let's go back to 4 Samuel 23 and see why I am intrigued by David and his prayer life. Verse 6. Now it happened after he has liberated Keilah from the Philistines. When Abitah, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Keilah, that he went down with an effort in his hand. And Saul was told that David had gone to Keilah. So Saul said, God has delivered him into my hand, for he has shot himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. Are you following? Then Saul called all the people together for war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. When David knew that Saul plotted evil against him, he said to Abita, the priest, bring the effort here. Then David said, O Lord God of Israel, your servant has suddenly heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me into his hand? We shall come down as your servant has heard, O Lord God of Israel, I pray, tell your servant. Then the Lord said, He will come down. Then David said, Will the men of Kela deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, They will deliver you. Then Saul, David and his men, about 600, arose and departed from Kela and went wherever they could go. Then it was told, it was told Saul that David had escaped from Keilah, so he halted the expedition. See, David was an intelligent young man, but he made prayer his anchor. At every moment of his life, he has learned to pray. The fact that he prays does not mean that he does not gather intelligent information. 
because he asked somebody to come and tell him that Saul is coming. Meaning, probably, he had a spy in the army of Saul. Because as at that time, there was no telephone. There was no uh, analog phone, talk less of mobile phone. But he was able to get information. And with the information he got, he went to the Lord. In those days, effort with the priest clothes, and they use it to define. So David asked the Lord, will Saul really come? The Lord said, he will come. With these people that are just helped, deliver me into his hand, he said, yes, they will. So with the information he got in God's presence, he knew what to do. That is prayer. That's what we call prayer. David asked God for safety, protection for his enemies who seek to destroy him before he was crowned. David asked God about security. God answered his prayer and David was able to take his decisions. Because there are some times that you need to take some decisions, but you need to seek the face of the Lord when you are doing that. Are you following me this evening? It is not everything that you hand over to God to do for you. There are some that the Lord wants you to do for yourself. But what I'm saying is, you must learn to seek his face. You must learn to ask him. When you ask him, he will guide you. But don't neglect the importance of data gathering, of getting information. If you are a businesswoman, if you are a businessman, you must know what is happening around you. If David did not know that Saul was planning to surround Keilah, he will not have prayed. That speaks much about intelligence, information gathering. What does that teach you? Know what is happening in your environment. Know what is happening in your business. Know what is happening about the type of business you do. Know what is happening in the industry. Know what is happening in the market. Then when you know, take it to the Lord in prayer. Know what is happening to your children. Know what is happening to them in the school. Know the companies that they keep. When you do, don't confront them. Take it to the Lord in prayer. The Lord will tell you what to do. But David has just helped the Kela people to, the, to drive away the Philistines. Yet, they are planning to hand him over to Saul. Is somebody following me? They are planning to hand him over to Saul, if Saul comes. He gathered his people. Oh yeah? 600. How he escaped from the town, the Bible did not tell us. But he escaped before Saul came. So when Saul heard that David had left, he did not bother to waste resources to go to Kayla again. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You must get clarity about God wants you to do, where God wants you to stay, and how God wants you to comport yourself so that enemies will not get you in life. Look at Peter. Peter was a very courageous man. Peter was hardworking. Peter was loyal. Peter was committed. But what was he doing by the fire where the small girl confronted him? Have you thought about it? 
whole Peter denying Jesus. Not once, not twice, three times. What was he doing there? Collecting fire. Unyano. To the point that when the lady confronted him, said, ah, no, no, no. Don't joke with something that is serious. That man is under judgment. I don't know him. I saw you. I don't know him. I know I saw you. I said, in fact, if I know him like this, God is my witness. Then the, Jesus turned. The eyes met. And Peter was crying. Thank God that he was restored. What can you say about Judas Iscariot? What a sad ending to somebody that witnessed the Savior himself physically on earth. You will end where? In the name of Jesus. Amen. You need to get clarity about your journey in life, people of God. That's where I'm going this evening. Life is spiritual. You can't leave it gambling. So you need to get clarity. There is a glory ahead of you. But the enemy does not want you to get to the place of your glory. David has been designed by God to become the king of Israel. But Saul was chasing him. He wants to destroy him before he gets the crown. That's what the enemy tried to do with you. Before you get the crown, he's seeking to destroy you. Before you get the crown, he's seeking to discourage you. Before you get the crown, he's seeking to, to make you weak. But you know what? We don't know how to pray as we should. But we have the Holy Spirit who is praying inside of us who is helping our infirmities. It is the Holy Spirit that will position help along the way of your glory. Take note. Psalm 91. I read only verses 3 and 4. You heard what I said. The Holy Spirit will position help along the way of your glory so that you will not fail, so that you will not fall. So that you will not give up. Psalm 91 verses 3 and 4. The Bible says, Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. It's a trap that they set for you. And from the perilous pestilence, he shall cover you with his feathers. And under his wing you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrows that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Even the Lord Jesus Christ received help along the way to glory. They had beaten him. They had battered him. They had done everything humanly possible to frustrate him from getting to Calvary. When he became tired, Simon the Cyrene was standing by. The Lord will send help to you Amen. on your way to glory. Amen. Simon the Cyrene was standing by. The soldier just grabbed him. Oh yeah, 
carry this cross. Join this man, take it to the cross, to Calvary. Simon was grabbed by force. But he could have rejected it. But he willingly became the first Christian, as they would say. And the first person who helped Jesus on the way to Golgotha. He carried it for some distance. When they got there, he became free. You will receive help from the Holy Spirit. But you must be very clear with what you are asking the Lord to do for you. You must be very clear about what you want from God in the place of prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. These are the two things that we have learned from David today. That you must learn to take everything about your life to God in prayer. Don't trivialize any matter. Don't take decisions on your own. Learn to ask God first. Life is filled with battle. Every step of the way, learn to ask God first. And ask him what you should do. Don't present what you want to do to him. That will be posterior because he's the almighty God. That will be taking the cat before the horse because he's a sovereign God. He does what he likes. Nobody can question him. Nobody can ask him. But if you learn to be like Saul, who became Paul, Lord, what do you want me to do in this matter? How should I approach this matter? It will illuminate your heart with light. And it will be as if you are seeing a revelation by daytime. My daughter, if you do it like this, this is your result. So you are very clear in your mind what you are going to do. You are not doing uh, gambling. You are not doing trial and error. Precision is how people live life. That is how you want to make your prayer life brethren. That is how your prayer life can be effective. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. May the Lord inspire your heart this evening and cause you to be a man or a woman of prayer in the name of Jesus. Before we pray, let me take the question of our sister. Yes, ma'am. Hallelujah. Thank you. Remember that we have talked about Anna. Hmm? There is a covenant in the life of Elikana and Anna that the deliverer of Israel will come from Elikana's family. Remember Elikana was from the family of priests, Levites. So Anna knew what God wanted them to do. But because Elikana, one way or the other, like Father Abraham, God carried away. Then Penina came into the picture. That's what happened. Anna is persuaded that Samuel is the person that God is going to use to deliver Israel. 
and Samuel must come. So each time they went to Shiloh, Samuel must come. But Penina is already in the picture, so Elikana is, is distracted. That's why I was telling Anna, am I not more important to you than ten children? Remember that by the time we got to the end of Judges, the Bible says when there was no king in Israel, everybody was doing what pleases him. And that was the era that Elikana and Anna came into the picture and Samuel was born. Praise the Lord. When you know what God wants you to do, Present him to present it to him for guidance. That's what we are saying. But David had information that the Philistines are in Kayla. So he said, Should I go? So it's not that he was confused. You see it now. So I'm not saying you can't go to God with specifics, but I'm saying you must surrender your specifics to God and ask him what you should do about it. That's what I'm saying. You get it now. So, David, in this first Samuel chapter 23, was not confused. He knew that there was Philistines were in Kayla. They are destroying their um, harvest implements that they are using for their crops. And so he asked the Lord, these Philistines, I cannot fight them. I cannot defeat them. Should I go? He said, oh yeah, go. When he presented the matter to the soldier, he said, you can't go. We cannot match them. We are just 600. There are many. The Lord said, Arise, go now. That was when he went. And when he heard that Saul was going to come and besiege the city because of him, he asked the Lord, Will Saul come? The Lord said, Saul will come. So it was direct and clear. That's the clarity we are talking about. Then he said, These people. Will they protect me or they will hand me over to Saul? He said, they will hand you over. They will hand you over. They will not even think that you are the one that helped them to defeat Philistines. They will betray you. 600 of you. Let's leave now. That's what we are saying. Do you get it now? Every step of the way. That's why I said life is spiritual. We can't live it by trial and error. We can't live it by chance. Every step of the way. We must learn to trust God. It's a sign of total submission, complete submission to the will of God for your life. You can be standing in a bus stop and you want to take a vehicle. You are already going out. But please, if you are living the type of Christian prayer life that I'm teaching, even as I'm standing at the bus stop, Holy Spirit, I'm going to town. Should I still go? If the Lord says, go back home, please go back home. If a vehicle parks, I've done that several times when I was taking public If a vehicle parks, Lord, should I enter this bus? Something that you should have entered, I said, Lord, should I enter? The Holy Spirit said, don't enter, wait for the next one. Don't struggle to enter because you don't know whether somebody that his case has been decided to die that day is inside that car. Why would you go and risk your life? Are you following me? See, this thing we call to, to surrender to the will of God is not a joke. 
I was to travel one day. I boarded the vehicle. I don't know what happened or what did not happen. The man said, enter with your change. I was not traveling from moving from one point to another. Recently, enter with your change. And I understand this teaching. I said, what I have is a thousand. The man said, eh, Baba, no change, no change, come down. I came down. Some passengers say, ah, carry the Baba now, she you get, she said, I said, no change. Mm. I came down. She said, that would be other vehicle. So the other vehicle said, do you have 1,000 euro change? She said, Baba, I enter. I entered. That's it. Are you following me? I'm not saying anything will happen to that bus. There could be children of God inside it. But there are reasons. Things don't happen by chance. Things don't happen by accident. So when the Holy Spirit is orchestrating things in the realm of the Spirit, pay attention. Are you following me now? Pay attention. This work that we do all over the place, sometimes in our area there, there was one boy that they entered the factory one day and all his five fingers were lost to machine. If Holy Spirit had told him that day, oh boy, don't go to work. The boy said, ah, no, I must go and work for eight hours to make money. Maybe the Holy Spirit has seen that that day he will lose his fingers. And the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate to him because most times when the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate to us as Christians, we don't listen. We don't pay attention. Are you following me now? Is it clear? Let's rise up to prayer.